What is up guys? It is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week 13 start sits at the tight end position. So listing every fantasy relevant tight end is either a start sit or a fringe option. And I feel like the uh, tight end position has really kind of fallen apart. It's always been pretty thin. I feel like at some point during the season, you could really rely on like 10 to 12 guys. Now it seems like six, seven, and then after that, you're just kind of, you know, taking shots in the dark. So there's going to be a lot of fringe options, not a ton of starts that I feel super, super confident in. But if you have a fringe option, like I wouldn't be too concerned. It's probably what like the majority of your league mates are dealing with. Also injuries to Ertz, Goddard, it'll happen, you know, when those things go down. If you enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Any fantasy questions, you drop them down below. I will respond to every single person. But let's jump into the first matchup, Thursday Night Football. We have the Bills taking on the Patriots. I feel like I talk about it every week. I really like Dawson Knox coming into the season. He just hasn't done anything to produce, to be honest. Um, So he is going to be a sit here against the Patriots. On the other side with Hunter Henry, I have him as a fringe option. His usage on Thanksgiving was very solid, 76% route participation. He was targeted five times, caught three of them for 63 yards and a touchdown. There could have been another touchdown in there with that uh, controversial uh, incomplete call. So 15.3 PPR points. He's definitely someone who's playable when he has that route participation, like 70, 75 plus percent. Unfortunately, he doesn't consistently get there. So you're kind of just, you know, hoping the usage is good. Hopefully he's not splitting opportunities with Jonu Smith, but that's why he is in the fringe category. Then moving over to Sunday, we have the Steelers taking on the Falcons. For Pat Frymuth on the Steelers, coming off of a down game, but still one of the tight ends who has been very, very consistent. Um, you know, he's not going to have a crazy high ceiling, but you can trust him to get you somewhere in like the 7 to 13 point range which, you know, doesn't sound crazy, but at the tight end position, that's pretty tough to get. On the other side with the Falcons, sitting Parker Hesse with uh, Kyle Pitts down. I mean, Pitts really wasn't doing a ton. So, you know, these guys filling in for him aren't going to be doing anything either. In the Broncos-Ravens matchup, for me, I really liked Greg Dulcich after, you know, his uh, three straight solid performances. He's really fallen off as of late. I still have him in the fringe category just because his usage is very strong. His route participation is up there with some of the top fantasy tight ends. So the usage is there. I believe he's talented. He's just having to overcome a horrible offense led by Russell Wilson, who has just been abysmal. So he's a fringe option. Don't love it. But like if you're looking for a tight end who's potentially going to have some opportunities, he could be your guy probably on waivers at this point. For the Ravens, Mark Andrews, Obviously, he is, you know, probably the number two fantasy tight end behind Travis Kelsey in a uh, divisional matchup here between the Packers and the Bears. I've got Robert Tanyan as a sit. His usage on the season has overall just been pretty disappointing, was never really able to, uh, you know, take on a huge role, always has a super limited route participation in that like 50 to 60%, which just isn't going to be getting it done for fantasy. Now, on the other side with Cole Komet, he has strung together some, you know, really solid games. He had the back-to-back two touchdown performances, hasn't put up, you know, crazy numbers since then, but he actually had very interesting usage, actually had 93% route participation and also led the team with six targets. If we can get Justin Fields back, you know, on the field this week, I think that would be a bump for Komet. He will vulture some uh, touchdown opportunities with his legs, but I just think in general, he uh, raises the ceiling of this offense. If Fields is out again, and they end up rolling with Simeon, I still think he's a fringe option just based on that usage. You're just not going to find a ton of tight ends running routes on 90 plus percent of dropbacks. Now moving over to the Jaguars taking on the Lions, really just not a lot here uh, going on at the tight end position. 
Evan Ingram still is running a ton of routes and it is just leading to no production. It's honestly pretty impressive or like impressively bad the amount of usage that Evan Ingram has had and how it's just led to, you know, basically nothing real life NFL and fantasy wise. So he's going to be a sit. And then for the Lions, I mean, with TJ Hawkinson gone, just nothing going on here, the tight end position. So sitting Brock Wright in the uh, Browns-Texans matchup. So we had David Njoku come back from that ankle injury last week, but just in a super limited capacity, was running you know a super low percentage of routes. The uh, snap share wasn't good. He definitely bounced back this week in terms of the opportunities and the usage, had a uh, 77% route participation. So pretty much in line with where he was early on in the season, where he was giving you strong production. He was targeted seven times, caught five of them for 29 yards, and then had that uh, one-handed like sick touchdown catch that uh, pretty much ended up like saving the Browns and leading to them winning that game. With Deshaun Watson coming in here, I think right now Njoku's a mid-tier tight end one with the opportunity to be a top four, maybe even top three or two tight end rest of season if he does, you know, kind of connect with Deshaun Watson. So I really like Njoku moving forward. On the other side with the Texans, going to be sitting Jordan Akins. He's actually had a few good games here and there, but definitely not someone who I want to be relying on, you know, in my fantasy lineups. That offense just not pretty. Then moving over to the Jets-Vikings matchup. For the Jets, I have Tyler Conklin here as a fringe option. He's someone whose usage and opportunities has really fluctuated throughout the season. Early on, his opportunities were great when uh, CJ Ozama was missing time. Then Uzama came back. Tyler Conklin, you know, kind of fell out of favor, wasn't super involved, had that route participation in like the 50% range. He's had a few spike weeks. This was one of them, 73%, caught uh, three passes for 50 yards. I think Mike White is definitely a uh, big upgrade for him at this point. And I do think he's a fringe start if he can keep that route participation up above 70 kind of similar with uh, Hunter Henry, where there's just no guarantee that that will actually happen. So you're taking a shot on him, which is basically what you're doing with a lot of these fringe options. On the other side with the Vikings, love TJ Hawkinson as a uh, very strong high-end tight end one start moving forward. In the uh, Commanders-Giants game, not a ton going on here. Logan Thomas has had some decent uh, route participation numbers, but in terms of it actually contributing to production, it just hasn't happened. For the Giants, going to be sitting Lawrence Cager with Bellinger out. Just nothing going on there for the tight ends. Now in the uh, Titans-Eagles matchup, pretty similar story to that uh, last matchup. Titans sitting Austin Hooper. Uh, Eagles without Dallas Goddard. Nothing going on at the tight end position sitting Jack Stoll. In the uh, Seahawks-Rams matchup, we continue to see Noah Fant and Will Disley in a very even tight end split. It's unfortunate because with this offense actually performing well, I think like if Noah Fant was getting 75% route participation, he'd be a very decent fantasy option. But when they're splitting routes like 50-50, 55-45, it's just not going to happen. For the Rams, Tyler Higby has really been a roller coaster all season long. Right now, I have him as a fringe option. Early on in the season, his opportunities were fantastic. The route participation was crazy high. His target numbers were crazy high. It was looking great. Then once he got injured, his uh, you know production really fell off, like totally tanked. Went from like eight, nine targets a game to you know basically giving you nothing in your fantasy lineups. So that was the first major shift. Then he bounces back, has back-to-back weeks with eight targets. So things were looking up. It was looking like he was gonna you know be a top ten tight end rest of season once again. And then the usage just totally switched up in a very bad way here in week 12. He only had a 59% snap share 
And then not only did he have that, you know, pretty low snap share, he only had a 34% route participation. So he was being used primarily as a blocker, which is just, you know, totally contrary to what we saw basically throughout the entire rest of the season. The hope here in starting Tyler Higby or, you know, having him as a fringe play is that this is kind of like a one-off game and he bounces back. But with that kind of usage, like if they maintain that role for him, he is completely unplayable. It seems weird that with Cup out, they would then take the guy who was basically their number two target and make him a blocker. Not really sure what's going on there. He's a fringe option. Hopefully he can bounce back. But you know, the fluctuating is definitely frustrating for fantasy. In the uh, Dolphins 49ers matchup, I have Gasecki here as a sit. I guess you can make the argument that he should be in the fringe territory just based on touchdown upside, but the routes haven't looked good. He doesn't have a super established role in this offense, and this is a decently tough matchup here against the uh, 49ers. On the other side, obviously starting George Kittle. He's had some big games. He's had some you know less than impressive games, but still one of the uh, best tight ends you're going to find for fantasy. In the uh, Chiefs-Bengals matchup, Travis Kelsey, tight end one, continue to just have a dominant season. And then I think Hayden Hurst at this point is, you know, warranted to be a start. He's someone who early on in the season was more of a weekly fringe option, back end tight end one, high end tight end two. At this point with the injuries, all these uh, fringe options, you know, the usage going all over the place, Hayden Hurst has been pretty consistent. His uh, overall, you know, role has held pretty solid. So I do think he's like a, uh, you know, back end start. And then for the uh, Chargers and the Raiders, Both of these guys are going to be fringe options for me. Gerald Everett, the usage isn't great, but he does have that touchdown upside on this Chargers team. For the Raiders, Foster Moreau, the usage has been great. The talent just really isn't there, honestly. Like his uh, route participation is great. He just hasn't been able to command a ton of targets, but someone who will have some touchdown upside and is just going to be on the field a lot, running a lot of routes. In the uh, Colts-Cowboys matchup on Sunday Night Football, Jelani Woods is an interesting name to look at here for the Colts because early on in the season, this was like a a three-headed Colts tight end committee with uh, Jelani Woods, Morley Cox, and Kylan Granson. We saw on Monday Night Football, Kylan Granson was out. So it was just Jelani Woods and Morley Cox. I was expecting, you know, probably to see a split like we normally do, but Jelani Woods really dominated the usage over Moali Cox. He had a a 69% snap share, or it might've been a 69% target share. He was targeted nine times, or target uh, route participation, sorry, targeted nine times, caught eight of them for 98 yards. So super impressive in the opportunities, you know, he did get. We'll see if he's able to hold on to that role. I'm not overly optimistic that he will, but if they're, you know, trying to play the most talented tight end, I think so far Jelani Woods has kind of proven that he is that guy in that tight end room. So hopefully they stick with it, but he's a fringe option because we just don't know if they will. Like if Kylan Granton comes back, we could see that raw participation snap share fall back down to like 50% where he's just not going to be relevant. On the other side, I think Dalton Schultz, definitely one of the, uh, you know, few remaining reliable tight ends on a week to week basis. So he is definitely a start. And then the Saints taking on the Bucks. Tough to list a uh, tight end coming off of a goose egg as a fringe option, but Jawan Johnson, he showed he can get into the end zone. You know, maybe they switch to Jameis, maybe they don't. I guess he's had some success with Andy Dalton, but you know, someone who's on a fringe option, don't love him in your lineup, but you know, with the state of the tight end position, sometimes you just got to roll with what you got. And then for the Buccaneers, unfortunate that with Cam Bray back, Kate Otten's role has definitely been minimized. Another one of my grievances I have with the Buccaneers Kate Otten has just proven to be the better pass catcher, yet they allow Cambray to run more routes. 
It's frustrating, frustrating for fantasy because it makes the tight end position useless for the Bucks. But both of those guys are going to be sits with the current setup. That is going to wrap it up for every single week 13 tight end matchup. I have the uh, start sits out for every other position, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks. If you haven't seen any of those, go check them out if you are interested. Thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Any questions, drop them down below. Thank you guys again, and I will see you in the next one.